Welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. Today, we have Matt McAfee. Say hi, Matt. Howdy, y'all. Hope everyone's doing well. Staying safe. Yeah, I, I'm ready for the pandemic to be over. I had my first shot already, and I'm getting my second dose on uh, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So I get to I get to be sick on Cinco, but I'm you know I during the pandemic I can't really have much of a celebration anyway. So I'll do a big uh, I'll do a big celebration next year. Um, Matt is the host of the Outrage Machine, uh, which I've been on a couple of times. It's a really interesting podcast. You want to describe the nature of that show real quick, Matt? Yeah. So, uh, no, Jenner really introduced me to it and he decided since I knew so much about all the topics that, that came with it, he just uh, wanted to give me, give it to me sort of as the, and make me the host. And so on Outrage, we really discuss topics like, just wokeism, uh, it, you know, political correct uh, culture, uh, things like critical race theory. Just, I, I like to think of it as the absurdity. Or, I, you know, we when we talked last time, you had called uh, the uh, this whole thing neo Marxism, and I think I've come to call it democratic authoritarianism. Just like the mob mentality, it more definitely more on the left, but a little bit on the right, where we're constantly walking on eggshells with speech. We're, you know, seeing people get canceled. Just, we kind of bring that to light because on Outrage, we feel like when you bend the knee to this stuff, then it just takes over you. And we want to stop that as soon as possible to get back to true liberalism in our society where it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a modern day liberal today, moderate, conservative, like we can all live under the same roof and just coexist together. And uh, we find that wokeism and just the authoritarianism that's come out of our society and really the college universities has just made a complete mess of things. And it's going to, in my opinion, tear everything down if we don't stop it. So that's kind of what we get into on MindWave or the Outrage Machine specifically. Um, But yeah, I hope that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're get you're getting into some of the more controversial topics, some of the topics that got me in trouble <laughs> talking about them here. And uh, <laughs> but, you know what's interesting is, uh, well, I'm bringing you on today to talk about why people support Trump. I usually have, um, I you know, because I am on the center right, even though I'm a never Trump conservative. Um, and even though I'm currently registered as a Democrat, because I'm not happy with the direction the Republican Party is going, and we'll get into the detail of that when we start yeah. talking about all of this, because I, 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 you know, it's interesting because you and I agree more often than not, but we see Trump slightly differently, and we also see Biden slightly differently. So I really want to get into that with you, and I think that'll be very helpful. Um, Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, because of that, I normally have uh, people who are to my left on, and actually significantly to my left, all of my recurring guest stars are to the left and then that's in the in the spirit of having a balanced show since as the you know the only person who is in every single episode of the podcast i have a lot of power to control the narrative around things so it's important to me to have actually balanced discussion and and not just have it be an echo chamber like every other podcast out there no agreed Um, and that's that's uh, and not to cut you off but it's just like that's one of the reasons i think so many podcasts like joe rogan's podcast have done so well is because he doesn't care who you have on. I think the more diverse audience you have on, whether they are the most reasonable person on the earth, and not just in the left-right sense, but the most reasonable person on the earth to someone as 
cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs as Alex Jones just makes the conversations interesting and just makes the reflection of our culture more encompassing, if that makes sense. So just, just yeah, it to makes say perfect that. sense. I mean, when I when I first started this show uh, during the Democratic primary over a year ago, um, I, I had a co-host who was on every episode who is a progressive and I was the conservative host. And, you know, he doesn't do every episode anymore. He's now one of the recurring co-hosts. His name's Corey Cottrell. But uh, like the first hundred or so episodes of the show, it was it was both of us um, sometimes interviewing a guest together. So um, before we get into the nitty gritty, Matt, I'm going to do something I've been doing now on the public feed, which is read a review from one of you listeners out there. This is from Ali Haymeg. I'm guessing that is not their actual name. Uh. <laughs> but who knows? Um, oh, wow. This is, this, is, this is really sweet. Transformative and poignant. Five stars. Um, is it just me or did we all witness a turning point when Rio Veradineer and Corey Cottrell suddenly realized together that conservatives and progressives could have constructive conversations? I was personally transformed from struggling with hostility to having a genuine desire to promote healthy conversation between people. Is this the beginning of a post-polarization era? Are we finally ready and willing to learn to talk to each other? That's what it feels like to me. Thanks for that, guys. Well, thank you, Ollie Haymeg. That is um, an absolutely bomb review. And anybody else out there who, if you give us a five-star review, I will read you on the air. If it's fewer than five stars, I will ignore it. <laughs> We have, it's almost all five-star reviews. People love us. All right, Matt. Um, so uh, I'm going to let you introduce the topic because the, you know, tell people why I decided to bring you on to talk about why people support Trump, where you and I have talked before on the patron feed. This is our first time talking on the public feed of this show. Um, what's that all about? Where you and I mostly agree on most issues. So why are we talking about that? Well, l let's actually start where, on where we agree on this issue. Um, so to everyone out there, Rio and I have been talking for a while and just about, you know, are you, and correct me if I'm wrong on the wording here, is there any legitimate reason to vote for Trump? Okay, I mean, I did not vote for Trump. I do not like the man. And frankly, whether you agree with everything he did, agree with most of what he did, hate everything he did or hate most of what he did. The key reason for me for voting for Biden was that this country was splitting in half with him, you know, at the head, plain and simple. I mean, it, it was we I don't think we've ever fixated so much on a president. And I, you know, I'm, you might disagree with that, but so much on a president. And I don't think any president in history has truly divided us as much as Trump did. And that not, was not in living memory, I don't think. No. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well put. With all of that said, I don't think that a lot of people who voted for him, I don't think most people who voted for him, did it because they're racist, because they're bigots, because they're homophobes, because they're just like all of the garbage that people on the extreme left love to throw out, the one word insults. I think... I would have said that there was no legitimate reason to vote for him, right? Mostly no legitimate reason to vote for him, with the exception of 2020. I think 2020 really showed a weakness, in my opinion, in the Democratic Party to the point where, I mean, Trump got 74 million votes. 74 million votes. That should not have been possible. But 
I look at 2020 and I see. I mean, I think there was definitely some things before that uh, that he did right that I do want to get into uh, and at least acknowledge him for. But I think 2020 really set the stage for people less voting for him and more voting against the Democratic Party. I think it was a horrible year for the Democrats. I think they bowed to mob rule more than anything else, and people got freaked out by that. And I don't want to go too much into the details. I want to let you respond, but I think that's really the discussion point to me is like, is there any legitimate reason to vote for Trump? And again, I did not vote for Trump. I am happy he is gone. I know there are going to be certain like bumps in the road with Biden, and I am terrified of Kamala Harris taking over which I think is a real possibility at this point. But I stand by my vote and I, you know, I'm looking forward to getting into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, uh, we do agree more often than not, not just about policy, but about um, your lay of the land there. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm excited to talk about the areas where we disagree, because they're substantial in terms of the um, their importance, but they are, uh, few <laughs> in number. <laughs> and and so maybe this might be a really good way to get to the heart of the, the, the question of why people support Trump, because I, I agree with most of what you just said. Um, so like to just uh, riff on a couple of specific things, you talked about how a lot of people are voting for Trump, or I'm sorry, a lot of people were, were not voting for Trump, but were voting against the Democrats. Um, another point of agreement. I do think that there is a substantial minority, uh, a base of the Republican Party, which is very, very, very pro-Trump and unironically so. And they don't see his flaws or even worse, they see his flaws. They as don't care. They don't even care. Worse, not actually worse than that. I think some of them see his flaws as positives. Some of them actually are just um, consciously anti-democratic and fascistic in nature. Yeah. Um, but that's a relatively small number. I mean, it's still so many people that it is terrifying, just like Agreed. the number of people on the left who are actual hardcore authoritarian communists are small in number, but they're still way bigger than zero, which is the only appropriate number of people who should have that ideology. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. right. Yeah. That's no, kind it, of the way I see it. Right. Or I'm sorry, I, Matt, let me uh, respond to a few other things. You yeah, said yeah, yeah. Before. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so um, then you talked about how the Democrats kind of bowed to mob rule. And this is where some of our disagreement, and it is a nuanced disagreement because I agree, but I also disagree. And I'm and I'm not actually sure to what extent. And um, you can tell me, but I do I do think that the so-called progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which is a hijacking of the word progressive, by the way, because the original progressive was Teddy Roosevelt. Thank right. You. This idea that progressive thank you, means thank you and thank you. Sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. Right. Yeah. This idea that progressive equals socialist is a weird ass idea that ha is quite ahistorical, frankly. Um, but the so-called quote um progressive wing of the Democratic Party is terrible for the Democratic brand. And thank God they lost the primary. But only barely in order for in order for Biden to defeat Sanders. And I am will forever be grateful to him, even if, even though I disagree with him about a lot of things, I'll ever forever be grateful to him for defeating Sanders. Because I for one, I believe if Sanders had been the nominee, Trump would have been reelected. And two, even if Sanders had won, we would have just replaced an alt right um, authoritarian with a far left authoritarian. And neither of those are good things. Um, but, you know, like the, in order for him to win, 
all the moderates, including center-left moderates like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is significantly to my left, but is at least not a communist, <laughs> um, you know, they had to drop out and endorse Biden for that to happen. That's what it took. Um, and, you know, hardcore Sanders supporters characterize that as the establishment ganging up on us. But, you know, no, what it was was they didn't want a repeat of Trump. Because as you said, not all Republicans are hardcore, enthusiastic Trump supporters. Trump won the Republican primary by getting about 30% of the vote in the primary. That means that 70% of Republicans preferred somebody else. But because that 70% was divided between a wide field, Trump was able to run away with it with 30%. Right? Right. But um, Sanders was trying, consciously trying to do the same thing. I've I've listened to interviews with... um, with people in Sanders's campaign who said that that was explicitly their strategy. They knew that they they couldn't get 50% of the vote in a one-on-one race. They knew it, mm. which means they knew that they represent a minority of, of the Democratic Party, let alone of the country. Yes. And they wanted people to stay in as long as possible for that reason, right? Um, so thank God that didn't happen. And so that's the part where I think I disagree with you slightly. I think that an element of the Republican, I'm sorry, an element of um, Matt, I, I can hear your rapper. <laughs> so, oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry, man. No, I, I, I thought I was on mute. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry Matt's, about that. Matt's eating a sandwich here. Anyway, um, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you for eating food, but that was really noisy. Anyway, um, but, you know, an element of the Democratic Party, a vocal minority, a radical minority that is equivalent morally to the alt-right fascist minority of the Republican Party definitely did harm the Democratic brand in a way that made it too easy for mainstream Republicans to believe the exaggerated claim that Biden was just a puppet of those lunatics. He's really not. Which, And you, on some level, you know that too, because you, I wouldn't have voted for Sanders if he'd been the nominee. You and I did vote for Biden. There's a reason for that, right? Yeah. I mean, no, there is no question that Biden, I think even if he caves to the, um, to, to, to the alt left, as you nicely put it, I, I think he is going to be more of a unifying force for the country. I think, and again, it, it's sort of the reason I voted for him, I think at the top was the reason I didn't vote for Trump. It's like, what is good for the country as a whole? Because I'm an independent. I have voted for both parties. I will continue to vote for both parties when I feel it is right. But Biden at least was going to try to get the country together. Now, again, I want to reinforce something I said earlier. I am not happy with him choosing Kamala Harris. I will never understand why he picked her. Because, frankly, I mean, the only reason I can see is that it was to cave to that radical wing of the Democratic Party. But the thing with me is... And, you know, I do want to switch switch a little bit. I think what surprised me the most about the this about the Republican primary this time around was how few people how few people voted for Bill Weld. Because I honestly, as an independent in Massachusetts, I can vote either either way. And I was really inclined to vote Republican and just vote for Bill Weld because Bill Weld, it's like so effective and just so reasonable just based on his track record. But I think it was very surprising to me to see how many Republicans overall voted for Trump on that basis. And I think it is because a lot of them are very concerned that the Democratic Party is getting hijacked 
by more of I mean, the loudest voices get the most pull. And I think that's what they're afraid of. I can't say if that's true or not, but it was very surprising to me to not see a more rebellious element in the Republican Party this last election. You know what I mean? Because there really was, I mean, you had the never Trumpers, I mean, fail pretty hard, I mean, up until the last minute in trying to get, uh, or trying to stop Trump four years ago or five years ago. And to not see that again definitely surprised me. So I'm just hoping that the Republican Party has not completely gotten to the point where ends justify the means. Because if that if that is the case, then I don't know what's going to reverse it. But yeah, no, I just uh, a few thoughts in there. There, there's a lot more I want to yeah, say, but there's, I'd like yeah, to... there's a lot, there's a lot to 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 go on. That was all great, Matt. Um, I pretty much agree once again with just about everything you said. I I want to riff on how you talked about how Biden can be a, a uniting figure. Something that people forget is that Obama was aiming to be as well. I mean, he got nominated because. People liked his message about how there was no red states and blue states, right? And Biden repeated that message. Biden did. He did indeed. And so, and Obama really made an effort to be bipartisan in his leadership style and, and was pilloried by the far left because of that. Because if, as far as the far left is concerned, to even try to work with a Republican on anything or even to, to even try to work with a conservative Democrat on anything means that you're an awful, horrible human being, right? Well, that that just shows that, that, like the alt-right, they are fundamentally anti-democratic people because democracy requires working with the other side, people, okay? Um, So, but, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just say some dirty stuff here. Part of the reason Obama was perceived by a radical element of the GOP, which ended up becoming Trump's base as divisive was because he was black. Let's admit that, Matt, because he was a, 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 a relatively moderate guy who was trying to be bipartisan. He was not a communist. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I agreed with Obama about everything, but there is a radical element of the GOP. These are the ex Dixiecrats, the new Confederacy who is, they are racist, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> there is, it's pretty I, nasty. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that, and I'll tell you why. Obama got elected twice. I mean, twice in a row. First black president gets elected twice in a, is the first black president to also get elected twice in a row. And I think this really goes to a big debate in the country right now as to how racist is America. I uh, I don't have an answer for you, to be very honest. But I look at Obama, and I think Obama is going to be remembered as a very decent man. It's like you can disagree with his policies, but you can't disagree with the man's character. And I think there are are always going to be racists in every party. I mean, frankly, I think we're seeing a new racism in the Democratic Party that's accepted now. And there's the traditional racism in the Republican Party. But I question that as being the main thing for voting for Trump. I think a lot of people – and I know this is – we're shifting gears a little bit here, but – I think a lot of the reason that the people who voted for him the first time, and this is from me talking with a lot of Trump voters, first off is the political correctness element. Democrats have been caving to 
political correctness thinking that it is somehow the better like more moral like way to live life and it's absolutely not political correctness is the elevation of sensitivity over truth where you constantly have to walk on eggshells and i'm gonna quote bill maher on that and you have to like just think of every little action and how it can fucking piss someone off and just i think there's a real problem to this though because not only is it just a shitty way to live your life but it also it makes you avoid real world issues like democrats were cared more about you know what bathroom a person used as opposed to oh how are we going to get a coal miner back to work how are we going to bring back steel production in the rust belt i mean that is the the key reason he won were because of the rust belt states because he pushed on this weird ass right wing populist message that frankly resonated with a lot of voters and i can't blame them for that i can't tell a guy who lost his job to some manufacturing company in china that he was wrong to vote for a man who was going to say you know i i'm going to bring your jobs back from china we're going to make american you know produce goods i think that there is i mean so that's really you know, in terms of the whole topic of the of this conversation, I think that's really the first reason that we had, in terms of going back four years, why people voted for Trump and why it was so such a significant election in the fact, in the sense that it sent the message to the American people that you cannot take any state or any voter for granted, and you cannot expect anything of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, oh, go yeah, ahead, yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I- you, no, you no, and, and the other things, yeah, no, the other, so, and in fact, I, I covered political correctness, economic activity, but I think political correctness was really the key one in terms of Trump was just a giant fuck you to this entire thing that was exploding or starting to really emerge throughout the country for so long that we are not caring about big issues anymore. We're caring about issues that quote unquote make us feel good. And so I think there is something to be said and learned from that. But go ahead. I want to I want to let you respond. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, as we said at the outset of this, we mostly agree. And I, I, I don't actually think we disagree as much as as you thought there. I didn't mean to imply that most people who voted for Trump are racist. That's not what I meant. I was saying that 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 tiny radical base of the GOP, which preferred Trump in the Republican primary over actual right-wing, actual conservative people. Mm. Those people, not all of them, but a lot of them are racist. Um, And that just is just true. (laughs) But, you know, like I, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit more here. Let's, let's get into the detail. I mean, are all Trumpkins bigots? No, of course not. Are they? I think most of them are not. And that's the thing. It's like, but go, yeah, I'll you, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but like, but you know, there, there is, there is a fine line between being a racist and being okay with being in coalition with racists. Um, and so I, you know, you you made a statement about how you, it's you wouldn't tell somebody that they're wrong to vote for Trump. I think in a democracy, people have a right to vote for whoever they want to, right? I'm not, I don't, you know, it would be deeply anti-democratic to tell people they can't vote for somebody. Whether or not they're wrong to vote for them is a different question, but 
I, I think that you pointed out a lot of reasons that don't necessarily have anything to do with racism, why somebody might have been a, a hardcore supporter of Trump in the primary. So I don't even think that that 30% of the GOP base that voted for him are all racists either. Um, but there are, you know, we're talking about how political correctness is annoying, and I agree with that. Um, well, you know, one area where the um, the alt-right tries to sneakily use political correctness to its advantage is here. Because, you know, you know, you talked about how political correctness is the elevation of sensitivity over truth. And I agree with that. Right. Um, well, here's the truth. If you look at that polling and stats, the science and the numbers and the math tell us working class blue collar people on average are more bigoted than college educated um, sort of affluent liberals are. Okay. And so any party, any party that's aiming for that working class base, including working class non-white people, is going to be getting a certain percentage of people who are bigoted. And we agree that, you know, the far left is also racist against white people. Well, I think more than white people. I think that uh, this is a whole nother topic, but just I, I think they've become racist against everyone in a way. But that's just just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, well, they've 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 embraced racism as a kind of anti-racism and yeah identity politics to to the fullest extent yeah okay so we settled that you know where i i think we disagree but we don't it's more a matter of degree than substance on the substance we mostly agree um and you ask actually a really interesting question and this is important how racist is america that's a very different question from how racist is trump's base because trump's base is let's just put the numbers out here Something like twenty five percent of 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 um, qualified voters are registered as Republicans. Thirty percent of that is Trump's base, right? So you do the math. Thirty percent of twenty five percent is not that many people. Yeah, no, that that's actually, yeah, and yeah, you know, so, it, it's go ahead. Go, yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I think it's also. I just had a bunch of thoughts and it kind of wiggled away, but I think it's very interesting just to hear. So let's actually think another way about this in terms of voting for trump reasons to vote for trump one of the things that really amazed me and i think it, it just frankly gives a giant f you to to the establishment on the democratic party who thinks that they're speaking from for minorities is the fact that trump got more minority vo- voters this t- time around than he did last time i mean it's like every in fact the only category in terms of like gender and race that did not go up, that actually went down, were white males. That's the only category. He gained votes in every other space, from blacks to Latinos to people from the gay community. I mean, all of that went up. Why is that? I think that people, I think a big part of it was 2020, and I want to have a whole section for that. But I think another big part of it was the fact that you can give Trump shit all you want, but he was effective in several areas, especially I think for for black voters a lot. And I think that this I think what his four years could set the tone for seeing a new wave of black conservatives in the country, because when you think about it, I mean, black unemployment dropped to three percent. I mean, three percent. Think about that. That when was the the last time that that had happened in in the history of the United States? And I think he he actually and a liberal friend of mine pointed this out to me. 
he funded um I, I I wish I knew what the hell it was, but it was something like the Black Education um fund for ten years. It's a very special uh, uh fund for black schools. But he did that for ten years, which was a, a first. So and I think a lot of small businesses, you know, that were run by minorities, especially like Muslim voters, that just saw the economic boom that we had before COVID, and they were like, you know what? COVID was not his fault. Granted, he probably handled it poorly. But <laughs> that's an understatement. It was, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But... It's not that he. It's honestly like his his response to it was less of an issue than the fact that we would have known about it sooner and we would know more details about how it got out of China if he hadn't destroyed the pandemic response task force when he came into office in the first place. Because right, China, yeah. China, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't let people go in and inspect stuff unless you fight really hard for it for him oh, to just yeah. give up on on all that progress that previous administrations have made just because a black guy did it is pretty stupid no i, I agree but my point was is that i think you see a lot of reason i think mainly economic reasons in the four years that he was in office for people to go for him and i think that's one of the reasons people did go for go for him it's like people are not oblivious to his myriad flaws but to to a lot of people, he was effective in getting some kind of results, and and you know you can disagree a lot with his changes. I I certainly did, but he at the end of the day he did get results. He we did have great economic you know, boom years and a lot of un, a low record of unemployment. I mean, and you know what? I'm even I will even give a lot of credit to that from Obama because I think it takes years for this to settle in, but Trump was able to ride the wave very well. Well, yeah. So, and Obama, Obama was characterized as right wing by the actual left the whole time too. Right? I, I believe that. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's because he, again, he and Biden are, I mean, they're, they're both capitalists, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I want to respond to all of the things you've said. Um, sure, sure, sure. So on, on the unemployment issue. Yeah. The Trump, Trump um, ran as a populist, pandering to frankly left-wing kind of labor movement um but he did to my um uh, how do i put it i was relieved to see that he did govern as uh, in many ways as more of a traditional right-wing person um yeah. which is to say um you know I mean, first of all he he couldn't really he didn't get much of anything done um but he did he did work with the gop to pass a tax cut um, which actually raised my taxes because it did away with the um, state tax deduction. So in California, I actually pay more taxes at the federal level as a consequence of that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I was pretty mad about that. But like, you know, he did, he did lower, for example, he lowered the corporate tax rate, which does have a benefit. It does result in people in, in more employment. He did deregulate a number of things in ways. I think he was a bit blinded willy nilly about deregulating everything. Oh, no, it's not all was, regulations yeah. are bad, but Agreed. you know, I mean, there were a lot of positive things that happened as a consequence of that. That said, that wasn't so much Trump as it was the GOP establishment because the GOP establishment would only allow him to accomplish the actual right wing things. <laughs> oh no. He, well, they, he, well, no. And this is one thing I will say the GOP in Congress took every advantage of trump being in office as they could because yeah, to that did. point to that point they I, i'm i'm gonna say this i think all of them were along for the ride 
they knew, I mean, the overwhelming majority of them knew how much of a shit he, he was and is, but he was still going to pass their policies one way or another. And they were like, you know what? We're just, we're cruising at this point. We're just going to go with it. We're, we're going to let him sign our bills and we're going to take advantage of winning the, you know, the house, the Senate and the white house. It's like, and I mean, that is such a, so I I think to that, it's just, that really reflected just, I think the, the, the fact that the GOP didn't have any control and the fact that they really did not stand up to him enough is a disappointment, but I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I think the, the bottom line is, is that those things all in tandem with, with each other really gave people a reinforcement for, okay, you know what, this guy's a nut, but he hasn't hit his, you know, he hasn't pressed the red button yet. We're having good economic boom years. I mean, this wasn't completely bad. And it's like, I think that the only big problem is, is the fact that he really normalized just corruption in terms of character corruption, just the constant lying, the constant just misinterpretation or just... Well, and actual corruption, because that's what populists do. They exaggerate the amount of corruption that existed before they came in and use that as a a justification to do even more corruption. Well said. Well said. But, you know, okay. so so um, unfortunately, we we can only go for about another 10 minutes or so, Matt, because I've got another interview coming up. So I want to make sure we get through some of this stuff. But like, you know, I, I agree for the most part with what with what you're saying. But the thing is, we could have had all of that with Marco Rubio. It didn't need to be fucking Donald Trump. And the oh, only no, reason I, it was Donald Trump agree with is because that. the GOP base is 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 deranged. Yeah, no, I firm <laughs> I, I firmly agree with that. I, I firmly, firmly agree with that. And that's one of the things it's like I, I I will always be shocked at how he won the primary in twenty sixteen, but also that he had such limited opposition in twenty twenty with uh Against Bill Weld. It's like, even though I'm sure people didn't, like, know Bill Weld enough or didn't care as much, I think it Trump, and this is one thing that I think both parties need to work on, is the fact that they need more of Trump's personality, not in the bad sense, but more of the rock star sense. Like, people loved going to Trump's rallies. I, I listened to a lot of people who, who were converted to Trumpsters who were on the left. You know, like you have Brandon Straka and um, just uh, several others who start out hating Trump, but just came to like love him because he wasn't so fucking boring. And this is now again corrupt, no question there. But this is something that both parties need. They need less of a politician, someone who is just as smart, but someone who is more of a rock star. I think that that would get people excited about politics and make people feel better about politics. Yeah, I, I'm actually that might be the thing you've said that I disagree with the most. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, all I, right. I, I want I want things to go back to politics being boring. I can't wait for politics to be boring again. Frankly, if somebody needs a rock star to get interested in politics, they're probably too stupid to be voting anyway. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> well, they stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rio. <laughs> My point. <laughs> My point is, is that I really just want I, I think that in terms of that, if we're ever going, if we see someone like Trump again, 
and it doesn't matter whether they are Democrat or Republican, it, and I'm talking full-on Trump, like a Trump personality, we are going to need something to fight back against it, because I, I, I want to put this as politely as I can. The people who are wowed by jiggling keys or, you know, a person jiggling keys, is you're going to need another person who jiggles keys. Yeah, just that's as well. a pragmatic point that I can agree with while still judging those people. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm sorry. I just have to say that. Oh, uh, so we can only hope Dwayne The Rock Johnson decides to run to save I, us. I'd vote for him. I don't care. I don't care. I'd, I would vote. I would be one of those assholes. That guy's actually enjoyed... kind of smart, I, I've noticed. <laughs> I think, well, isn't he a Republican? Or, I mean, he, he might, was at one point. He seems like a normal Republican, not a crazy one, if he is. Um, no, but... Okay, so so I want to make sure I respond to a few more things you said. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I, I... I'm going to kind of have to do them kind of rapid fire uh and then i'm gonna let you do a rapid fire response yes uh, and I, yeah and i do want to talk about 2020 if possible because i think oh, that absolutely was... yeah, yeah 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 totally um go ahead. so <clears throat> yeah no worries um okay so on the issue of unemployment unemployment was uh was was low when he came in and it went lower when he was running he um he pointed out correctly that the government wasn't actually counting the total number of unemployed people. It was counting people who were, um, who were looking actively looking for work and were reporting that and were, and were not able to find it, which is lower than the actual number of unemployed people because it doesn't include people who gave up. But then when he was running for reelection, he sneakily started using those same, those, that same method that he criticized when he was running the first time. He's not the only politician to do something like that. It's not the worst thing he ever did, but it is something to point out. Um, mm. then, then, you know, you pointed out that his numbers went up with like black people and gay people and so forth. Yeah. But it would be hard for them not to, <laughs> you know, cause his numbers were terrible to begin with. Um, I do agree with you though, that there is a, a reason for that. And it's, it's partially because he was an incumbent when you're an incumbent, your numbers tend to go up. In fact, the fact that he lost as an incumbent is a sign of how incredibly terrible he was in a lot of ways. Um, Although I agree with you that it is interesting that he got so many votes. And, 74 and, uh, million votes. Yeah. You can't so we'll, dismiss that. No, you I, can't. And, and yeah. I, I do. I do want to get to that. But I'm just yeah. going to say, you know, like going from a tiny number to a slightly bigger tiny number is uh, notable. It's worth talking about. Um, but it's not it's not it's not like uh, it's not like it's it's going to be some great future with more black conservatives. I think that. Black people are more conservative than a lot of people think, and they are Great. definitely well not said. being accurately represented by the far left when they claim to speak for them. But, you know, the Democratic establishment, as the far left constantly reminds us, is pretty conservative in some ways. And I, so I, I think that they, they, do, they are intelligently voting for the people who they think represent their ideas. Um, so I wanted to answer your question. How racist is America? Uh, well, <laughs> this is a good question because the idea that America is fundamentally racist is a seriously fucked up anti-American idea. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. So to answer the question, it is much, much less racist than the far left thinks it is. Yeah. But it's also more racist than the alt-right claims to think. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, no, I think that's a very, very fair answer. And it's just, this is, again, a, a topic for a whole nother conversation, but it's like, I think that the left's fixation on on racism in the country is a detriment to solving real issues. And it's like they constantly say systematic racism, institutional racism, 
it, it, like all the new forms of racism and it's like this is what 2020 did is it just made everything about how everything is supposed to be racist and it doesn't solve anything it doesn't like it doesn't get you more voters it doesn't like get people housing it doesn't get people employed it's vir in my opinion virtue signaling on the worst level it's like teach people how to be good people and you won't have these issues it's like i'm sorry it, it is fundamentally i and but i just think that saying and i'm not saying you said this but just saying that oh if you vote for trump you're a racist it's like no no and th th this is this is where i do want to quickly get to 2020 because i know you have to get going but to, to your real question, I think the ultimate response to your real question is in terms of, you know, is there was there any legitimate reason to vote for Donald Trump? And I think 2020 was the answer or is the the ultimate fundamental answer. I mean, we can point out all, you know, his quote unquote successes beforehand. I really don't because I think that he was, again, splitting the country in half. But imagine you're a small business owner who's, you know, minority run and you have a bunch of lunatic insane privileged quote-unquote whites and i don't use that term ever but they come and they destroy your business saying oh they'll have insurance and so they'll they'll be covered but we need to understand people's rage do you and the only man who says we're gonna stop this is the one asshole in the the, the white house and i'm not trying to sound mad or anything about this but it's just like when you say things like defund the police, even though defund the police is like not meant what it what it sounds like, but it still really is. Do you really think that there is any reason to not vote for Trump against Dem the Democrats? And this is what I mean when I say 2020, the Democrats caved to so many of these radical ideas from defund the police to equity. Like, let's look at California. You and I have talked so many times about Proposition 16 in California. What terrifies me is that Democrats, you know, I hate when people call Democrats socialists. They're not. But the thing that terrifies the shit out of me recently is the fact that they are starting, and Kamala Harris has been very big on this, to abandon equality and embracing equity. That is a very dangerous road because that is going to lead that is essentially an abandonment of American principles for, I mean, I, I don't even want to call them communists, but they're just, they are, a, it's a slippery fucking road. I think people look at that and they get terrified and they say, okay, you know what? These people are virtue signaling and they do not represent the overwhelming majority of people who are against this nonsense or, or just uh, really uh, the, the general public. I'm going to vote for the one asshole who's who's against it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, that's a long winded answer. Yeah. I, I want to provide some nuance, um, not because I disagree with you, but just because it is, it's a complicated issue. Yes. I, I largely agree. I mean, I think that it's terrible branding to call, to say defund the police. And if that's not what you mean, then don't say it. <laughs> yeah, say reform the police. Some, some people say abolish yeah. the police, which is more radical. They say Ugh. abolish ICE, which is radical, right? Um, so yeah, no. Th so the the fact of the matter is, people like you and me who are high information voters, we know that those loud, annoying people 
are the equivalent of the hardcore Trumpkins on the left, and which means they are a tiny percentage of the population, and they're not even a majority of the Democratic Party. But a low information voter, which is most voters, right? Because people are busy going about their lives, feeding their kids, doing their jobs. They don't have time to be high information voters. A low information voter sees somebody like Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and those, 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 those sorts of people, and they think they represent the Democratic Party. Exactly. And they judge the party accordingly. They judge the party accordingly. And this is why I've been saying all along, I think the Democrats need to kick the left out and embrace the never Trump Republicans. And if they were to do that, they might actually be be able to position themselves for a for um, being in power for a long time, frankly. Yeah. You know, no. Right. So so, anyway, Matt, um, legitimate reasons to vote for Trump. Of course, there are. Right. If you're a person who prioritizes um, gun rights, right, or who prioritizes your pro-life stance or something like that, there that's a legitimate reason to vote for the Republican over the Democrat. If that's if that's what your priority is. Right. Um, The problem is, as I said, Republicans, and this is where we need to be critical of that party shouldn't be forcing people to vote for a piece of shit like Donald Trump. (laughs) They should nominate somebody better. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, I completely I mean, I think we're honestly in agreement on most of this, like 99 percent of this, because it's like. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I can say it any other way. It, it's what moving forward right now, the parties have this competition for who looks less insane. I think or sorry, who looks more insane? I think the parties need to start flipping that doing a 180 and and really competing to to show who looks less insane who's willing to rein in their crazies it's like the party that does that is going to win because it, the party that looks more insane is going to lose every time and it's like i can speak to this it's like i did vote for biden yes i you know i did but when it came to my state and house rep i normally lo- would love to vote democrat but i voted republican and there was one democrat i really wanted to vote for and one republican i really didn't want to vote for but i sent them that message that i'm not gonna let you willy-nilly with all of this radical nonsense it's like and that's why it's like they lost seats in the house they didn't gain any senate seats until georgia of course and they trump got 74 million fucking votes it's like that's i think that's actually 12 million more than he had last time so it was more than Obama, but but I think we're in we are in agreement, Rio. It, it's just the degree moving forward is a we have to have more conversations, and we have to stop having this narrative that if we disagree with you, you're a bad person. And that's one of the reasons I actually just watched the documentary No Safe Spaces. I highly recommend it to you and any all of your listeners because I think I I don't want to point fingers, but I think. This insanity did start with with the left and its inability or it's really just enforcement of ideas and it's like completely abandoning traditional liberalism because that forced the right to then get crazier and then the left got crazier back again and then it's just like a back and forth and very much more polarized. So I'm going off on a tangent here, but yeah, just more conversations and – I think we need to rein in the universities and blah, blah, blah. That's all I got. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've got more. Um, 
Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. So I don't you, know how much longer you have. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I messaged my next uh, interview subject to stand by. Um, you know, <laughs> 2020, right? Yeah. You you said you were surprised there wasn't more of a rebellious element. There was actually a fairly substantial rebellious element. What happened was voter turnout was high in general because Trump is a noisy person. He he mobilizes his base, but he also mobilizes the other base. <laughs> you know what I mean? So voter turnout was high on both sides. Um, and Biden, in the end, still ended up getting almost 10 million more votes than, than Trump. Which um, is amazing. Yeah, it's a it's like it was more people than I voted in in a presidential election in my lifetime. Right. It, it, it in history, actually, because the population has been growing. But as a percentage of the population, it was also huge. Right. Agreed. Which kind of says something. It's kind of sad that so many Americans don't vote most of the time. But there was actually a huge rebellious element. And there were a lot of people who did exactly what you did, Matt. That and, and the proof is in the pudding. Right. Like the the the. People voted for Biden and then they voted for Republicans <laughs> in yeah. Congress. I, that I is think... a sign that and we know this is true. Trump lost the states he lost because, um, frankly, normal, traditional, actual right wing conservatives who actually believe in small government and actually believe in low taxes and all of these things, the people who actually make money, not Trump's working class base, the people who actually pay taxes – those people were turned off by Trump and they voted, they voted against him and then voted for Republicans in Congress. That's, that's how Trump lost. And it was predictable. Everybody should have known that was what was going to happen. Now you said, you said that you think that this um, authoritarian crap started on the left. I will go further than that. It started on the left and it's still on the left and it will end on the left. It's all left. Yes. I, mean, I just I, consider, yes. I consider Trump's national socialist movement left wing because again you have to go you have to go to somebody like bernie sanders to find somebody as hostile to free trade capitalism or the the bipartisan foreign policy establishment of the united states as donald trump is mm, mm. That, yeah that, that that's actually an interesting way of looking at it because that I, i'd never that never occurred to me that his his thing is left wing but it really well, that doesn't, it really that doesn't is mean, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that he governed like a left wing person, because as I said, he, the GOP he had establishment. A well, he did, he, he, and he and he did his tariffs. You know, his trade war, like trade war with China. Okay, I support that, but the smart way to do it is to get all of the other liberal democracies of the world to cut China out collectively. You can't win a trade trade war with China unilaterally. But he he had a trade war with Canada. You know, oh my and that's, god, that, that was that's, that was fucking that's nothing ridiculous. but pure left wing idiocy. That was That's all it is. It's anti-capitalist bullshit. Yes. It's bullshit. Anyway, um, so now we keep talking about, um, oh boy, how do I put this? Authoritarianism, <laughs> cr critical, critical theory. All right. So I'm going to try to tear this apart in just a few minutes, and maybe we have to do a whole episode on this topic. Yeah, but no, I'd love that. To try to understand the 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 role of Marxism in a lot of this, um social a lot of these social issues right now equity and so forth oh, it's important to make a distinction between traditional marxism which is actually modernist and pro-science right as opposed oh, yeah. yes oh now oh, my dogs are barking <laughs> <laughs> i think their mom might have gotten home um as opposed to neo-marxism which is this weird synthesis of postmodernism and marxism and so it's not 
actual Marxists don't like the neo-Marxists because they see it as a departure from pure Marxism. Yeah, and it's not, that's, it's an, not that's an important, and not only yeah. that, but Matt, one of the criticisms they'll make of it is by focusing on um, on on uh, equity via social issues like race and so forth. They're actually distracting from the what what the hardcore Marxist and the the old school Marxist considers the real fight, which is all about class, right? So yes, and that yes, that is exactly, an important distinction to exactly. make, and and it's an and, and and I think it's an important distinction to make because I agree with you um about the that being a, a problem and it is actually a much bigger problem than actual communism in the democratic party but Firmly agree. you know somebody like wh- why why is kamala harris who does who does who does use that language um why is she hated by the hardcore communist left well because she's a neo-marxist not an actual marxist right so even she isn't as dangerous as an actual leftist. I will take a woke liberal over a communist any day of the week. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know about that because you see the thing is it's like I look at the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union still firmly believed in two plus two equals four. Okay, they they had to if they were gonna fight us in the arms race and the space race. They were firm believers in science, and that is the only thing I am ever gonna give them in terms of like credit for except for the except for their opposition to um except for their insistence that psychology has to believe in the blank slate because they had to believe that they could um socially engineer people's brains as opposed to working with actual human beings who who aren't a blank slate interesting i mean and and killed killed psychologists who who supported what the actual science says about that yeah. All right. That, now that that's that's all fair. I'll I'll give you that. But I look at the woke movement right now. They are vigorously opposed to science. They say science is a claim to power, and this is why I I really would lo- really really would love to talk with with you and James Lindsay for an episode if you were willing to just put aside the, the Trump issue because he has helped me have such a greater understanding of this. In terms of like, I, I was really struggling last year. Like it, it was emotionally, it was tearing me down to see that this absurdity was just infecting society like COVID-19. It was just like, it is truly an ideological virus that is spreading rapidly. But he has made, helped me make sense of this in terms of the fact that this is all about power dynamics. And instead of focusing on, you know, class-based issues as normal Marxism would, they're focused on obscene they're they're focused on race-based issues they're focused on queer-based issues it's like they're focused on immutable characteristics and they mix that then in with oh you know we don't have knowledge there is no truth it's all about lived experience and power dynamics and it's so like you are going to have the most dysfunctional society if this shit keeps up yeah and it's giving matt matt to be clear we agree about that I'm not I saying know, I know I know I just bad. I like to rant but I like, like it's rant. like I'm just saying I'm just saying that it's it's as bad as it is it's not as bad as communism <laughs> I mean but the thing um, is you know like I yeah. mean yeah I, I I would rather be able to like keep my private property right and my wealth and have to put up with some stupid anti-scientific 
talking every now and then as opposed to the as opposed to losing the aforementioned things right and it's important also to point out that anti-scientific way of thinking isn't only a problem on the woke left it's also a problem on the theocratic right i mean those people don't even believe in evolution for fuck's sake talk about being (laughs) anti-scientific all right so we have to wrap up um uh, but you know just in conclusion and i'm going to give you the final word my my uh, takeaway from this conversation and I, a statement you made that I completely agree with is the party that looks less insane wins. And I think actually the statement looks less insane is important because politics is about optics. Biden is objectively much more sane than Trump. But unfortunately, a lot of people associate Biden fairly or not with truly crazy lefties. Right. So how they look is is that's 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 a whole game in politics. Um, so I completely agree with that. And fortunately, you know, on on the PC culture thing, the way I look at it, I was able to vote for Biden in the Democratic primary. I would have voted for Yang, but he dropped out before we made it to California. I was able to vote for Biden as an anti-Sanders vote in the Democratic primary so that the far left crazies lost. And then I was able to vote for him in the general election so that the alt-right crazies lost. I put the alt-right and the far left in the same basket together um i i i see their their arguments as left-wing infighting they mostly disagree about social issues and they're both hostile to capitalism to one degree or another so i was really happy to do a big fuck you to both of them and that was a good outcome as far as i'm concerned although i i'm not happy about biden pulling out of afghanistan that was the first thing he did that i completely disagree <laughs> well he delayed that didn't he i, I, I don't know that. i'm waiting to get more information but i'm not happy <laughs> Uh, okay. Yep. All right. So in wrapping up, I've got to, I've got to do what I normally do, which is thank a patron. Um, I got to thank Donna Chang out there who has sent us 35 bucks so far. That's great. Thanks a lot, Donna Chang. And, uh, Matt, I'll give you the final word. Real. It was awesome talking to you again. I honestly could probably do three hours with you easily just in terms of, I, I think that we are living in such a fascinating time, just, you know, you look back at all of the, the uh, real social upheavals, like things like the Vietnam War and, um, you know, the the women's, uh, the gay rights movement, the women's rights movement and, uh, you know, World War Two. And it's just like, I think that we are in one of the most, even though it, it, it can be socially a, a difficult time, it is also one of the most interesting and I think just being able to have a conversation about it is is fa- fantastic, and so I, th- I thank you for you know having me on and and doing it. So yes, thank you, um, Matt. Uh, I really appreciate it. And everybody, go subscribe to Matt's show, The Outrage Machine. Um, and uh, we, as we say, moving forward is our gumbo. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Together, through these conversations, we are all working to ensure that the Humanity First movement keeps moving forward. If you haven't yet, please visit our website at movingforwardpod.com, where you can support our Patreon. We will use those funds to advertise, to grow our audience so more people hear these important conversations. Thank you very much.